Welcome to Hi, My Name is Mom. Oh gosh, Kayla, we made it through our first episode without Corey, and I have to say, it was pretty successful. I'm thinking we're pros by now, right? We can do this without her. We oh my God, ah, what is that? We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives, and at the end of the day, we are all moms. All at the same time and never in the same order. <laughs> this is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. Jen, we got Sorry. it together. Uh, well, that was a fun intro this week. Cue the cat that had somehow snuck into our office and was rubbing itself on my ankles under my desk. Holy shoot. It freaked me out worse than anything. I thought it was like a ginormous hairy spider. We decided to keep the intro as it was because crazy oh and flying by the seat of our pants is our middle name these days. Right. Okay, so Jen, I'm not even gonna entertain the conversation about spiders. Um, I'm just gonna jump in today because I'm way too excited. I have been waiting to get my dear friend Leah Shaper on our podcast uh, for probably a year since we got started. Uh, Leah is one of my dearest and longest friends. Uh, we met when I was 19. She's a beautiful gospel singer, hardworking mom, esthetician, but you're just like a jack of all trades, a renaissance woman. And I'm just so excited to have you on, talk about motherhood, talk about adoption. Welcome, Leah. Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, of course. I love it. You are so pretty. Jen, this is my friend, Leah. She's Hi. a brunette Barbie. <laughs> uh, you are a brunette Barbie. What an excellent descriptor. Nice oh, to meet thanks. you. That was nice of y'all. I'm so happy to see you. I wish I could hug you. <laughs> I know. It's been forever. I love it. I love it. Our other host just had a baby last week, so she's out. So we're having some fun guest hosts. Oh, and you were like my first pick. I'm like, I've been dying. Have I, Jen, have I not been telling you I have to get Leah on for something? She really has. She's been talking you up for quite some time. And it. I guess it just worked out that we had been talking about this topic. And she was like, oh, my goodness, my friend, this is perfect. That's awesome. No, I'm so, I'm so honored, honestly. Oh. I have a quick backstory about Leah. Jen, you're going to love this story. Leah, I don't even know if you remember this. It was at Saddleback Church. I think it was like maybe the second or third time I met you, we were sitting in the green room and Lolo was just like, she was talking, she was three and she was like really cute. And she had like her little pigtails in and yes, yes. Her, her many ears. Uh (laughs) And and, um, you were telling me that you were in target Yes, and you were telling me that like, Oh, kids say everything, just wait, you can go out, you can do everything, but your kids will always embarrass you. And you said that you were in the target line and Lolo said, mommy farted. And you go, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. <laughs> and, and she goes, yes, yeah, she did. Mommy farted. Yeah, and and you're like, like, no, she didn't. With no yeah. 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 And I remember hearing that and like this most gorgeous, like Burnett Barbie sitting there, like thinking like, oh my gosh, she's such a glamorous mom. She probably never poops. And then you're like the first story you told me, it was like your daughter calling you out. And I was like, yeah. that is the type of mom I am going to be someday. Like, I yeah. love this lady. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> don't you love it though when the little ones like can't say a specific consonant I have a daughter who had an obsession with clocks when she was two and she couldn't say her L's so we'd be out in public and she'd just be walking around going big cock big cock (laughs) (laughs) 
do you do you mind for me and for our listeners? Can you just give us a little bit about your backstory? I'm just going to be really honest. I really didn't have a passion to be a mom. Like it wasn't like I was like, oh my gosh, I want to get married and have a baby. And I actually was completely opposite of that. Um, I hated babysitting. Um, I I love kids. I even tried to go to school to be a teacher, and it just wasn't my calling. Like I love kids, but I just I don't know. I love just doing my own thing and kind of being selfish and, you know, if that's what you want to call it and pursue my music and travel and not feel like I was tied down and all of that. And then as you get older and you kind of see your friends getting pregnant and having babies and seeing that some people can juggle both, um, I, we tried and we couldn't get pregnant. And then I was told I couldn't get pregnant. And so when you're told no, and it's that finality of you know, maybe I won't be a mom and maybe God's not going to bless me because of bad choices I made. And you start playing all these mind games. And um, so we couldn't get pregnant when I was married. And so I kind of just let it, let it go. I did not pursue adoption. Um, And as Kayla knows, you know, I've always had a very strong faith in God and uh, worship leading and stuff. So I just kind of said, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And we could have done the IVF route. But for me personally, I knew myself well enough to know that I wouldn't be able to handle the ups and downs of that. And it was expensive and it wasn't a guarantee. And I just, and honestly, I wasn't in love with my husband enough at the time to even go through that, you know? And so I just kind of let it go. And I had a friend that walked up to me at Saddleback Church and just said, I don't know if you're interested, but I went to work for an adoption agency and there's a baby that's going to be born in a couple months and the birth mom looks just like you. And I don't even know if you're interested. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I asked my husband at the time and said, what do you think? And he said, if it's important to you, then I think we should do it. And two months later, I pulled Lolo out and cut the cord and was a mom. You know, I mean, it was that uh, easy. And so I felt really bad going to all these adoption meetings and stuff and hearing these stories of, you know, people changing their minds or drug babies and dealing with birth parents, you know, who are in and out of jail and just all of this stuff. And I I didn't have any of that. Um, And the birth parents waived their rights and right then and there. So I I went home knowing they weren't going to change their mind. And I actually had a baby shower and so mine was truly a miracle. I mean, she really was a miracle baby. And I had a chance to adopt again, uh, another biracial daughter, but it just didn't feel right. And for me, one and done. I'm I'm a one kid mom because it's a lot of work. Yes. And uh, I knew I would just be better focusing on Lolo. It's an I incredible story. Yeah. It's, it's funny too, because most stories about adoption you hear are rife with heartbreak and years and years and years of ups and downs and highs and lows. And obviously for all of us, the new baby thing is really in the ether, you know, with Kayla just starting her family this past year and Corey having a brand new baby and me hearing all the time, when's number five coming? It's not coming. Well, so, you know, it's just with as prevalent as it is all around us, um, we thought it would be really good to have you on to talk about babies that join our families that, you know, come to us in in different ways. And and I know Kayla has a a true testimony to this in her own life as well. 
I mean, obviously we definitely want more kids and I really feel God has always pulled my heart to adoption. Leah, I don't know if you also remember, but when I was going to Saddleback Church, I was having issues with my ovaries where they found like cancerous cells and um, cysts and I had to get them removed. And I was told that I would never have kids at that point. And all of the women on the vocal team came together um, because I was so broke at that time. And you guys all like wrote me checks to like fly me home for Christmas. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I remember remember all of that. You know, I just remember that whole journey with you. So I always looked up to you because I was like, oh my gosh, someday I'm going to adopt and it's okay whenever it happens because it it worked out for this person. Honestly, it's just been something that I've been totally inspired by for the past decade of my life. You've always been on my vision board of like, it can happen. <laughs> like, and so that's kind of cool, but I have my miracle baby now, but we're, we're definitely, you know, wanting to pursue this and we have questions and, and for you, I know the process looks so much different than it does for a lot of moms. After you get through the adoption and the baby's in your arms, you have to parent this baby that you didn't carry. And that all of a sudden you have, what does your heart look like with that? What does parenting look like with that? What does the and bonding look like? How, how yeah, is that? What I'm, is the I'm very curious. Like? Well, for me, I put her right on my skin right when she came out. So, and I thanked God I wasn't the birth mom giving birth because I saw what y'all go through. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, no, thank you, you know, for me. And so I pulled Lolo out and put her right on me. And so for me, the bonding was right away. I'm the only mom that's ever held her uh, skin to skin. And it just was instant love. I mean, it doesn't matter how a baby gets here. You know, this is just a vessel, you know. Um, so it doesn't matter how they get here. Um, it, what, it, what matters is what happens after that. Giving birth doesn't make someone a mom. And I truly believe that. The mothering comes after. Can I ask you... When you found out that there was a woman that wanted to to choose you to raise this baby that she was so selflessly giving up, what what was your involvement in the rest of the pregnancy? Was there any or was it pretty hands off? How did that work? The birth mom and I, we bonded instantly. People thought we were sisters. I went to the last month to doctor's appointments, heard the heartbeat. Um, made sure that she was taken care of. And actually the last week she lived with us because the due date was coming and I, we just wanted to be there. And all of a sudden she wasn't feeling anything in the belly. And I called the doctor because the due date was the next day. And so we went in the next morning and I was there pretty much every step of the way the last couple of months. Yeah. That's so amazing. And I don't know if I'm using these terms correctly, but is yours an open adoption? Like I know you know her and she knows you, but does your daughter know her birth mom? Is that something that's on your radar or do you have any interest in in that? Does she? Um, We just kind of did it what was best for everyone involved. So it it wasn't closed or open. I I guess it was more on the open side as far as like I sent pictures. I updated the birth parents on how Lola was. Um, But Lola never, she hasn't met them yet. She just recently saw a picture of the birth mom. But I was always open with Lola from the very beginning that she was adopted and shared stories little by little. But and then soon the birth mom and the birth father phased out and the birth mom remarried and has no desire to have children and 
the birth father's, you know, somewhere in New York. And so um, if Lola wants to meet them one day, I, when she's 18, she can decide for herself. And I'm definitely supportive for her to meet them. I am so in awe of how just like a perfectly laid plan this seemed to have been. Almost like just complete divine intervention Yeah, for you and your family. It truly was. And that's why I feel weird, you know, sometimes answering how I adopted because I, I really don't know how to guide people of that of the process. The process seems really muddy and very expensive and very time consuming and very challenging and fraught with emotional roller coasters. Like for me, it's scary. And, and I think maybe for a lot of people who might otherwise be open to adding someone to their family through adoption, it, it seems very daunting. No, I agree with you. And honestly, it's scary to be a mom, whether you give birth or you adopt. I mean, I've never been a mom. So everything I'm experiencing now is a first time. You so know? how old is she? She's 14 now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me. She'll be 15 in May and, you know, oh she's a teenager and, you know, and I've never been a mom to a teenager. So I'm, I'm learning everything for the first time with my daughter, you know, but whether you're planning IVF or you're planning to get pregnant or honestly, like it's all the unknown is always scary. Um, And I think for me, the minute I just like let go and I didn't hold on to it so tightly, it just happened. And I hear stories like that, that after you adopt, people get pregnant. It's that letting go. I mean, I have friends who adopted and then got pregnant right away and they have, I mean, literal Irish twins because of it. It's it's true. The stress on your body is next level. Leah, this is something I feel like is such a big conversation right now going on in America with everything. So you adopted a biracial daughter as a white woman. Has that conversation changed in your household in this past year? Or have you seen a difference if you would have adopted the same race of a child? Or what do those conversations even look like if they are to be had? My daughter is recognized as an African-American woman. I have a very bright child who gets very involved with all the politics and the Black Lives Matter, and she reads and researches, and I can't possibly understand what it's like to be Black in a million years. And then I said to her, too, you know, baby, there's all different types of uh, judgment. People are judging me because I'm with a girl now, with a woman, you know, so I'm getting that. So we just, we both came to, had a heart to heart about all of that. We don't see the color here. Really, it, it didn't really matter and I think now until she's older she's starting to feel it a little bit more it's good thing she's being raised by a strong woman because it definitely those are hard conversations I can imagine we just didn't pay attention to race or color it just was love pure love and so Mm -hmm. when she talks about racism I struggle because I feel like she hasn't really experienced racism. I love these women though, that like stand up and they're like enough already. I'm going to fix this. That is like a woman after my own heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. She has that. I love her. She's, she's just like one of those, just seriously, just when you said she was bright, that she's been that way since she was little, super talkative. Like she could communicate like at three and four years old, like just exactly what she was saying, exactly what she was feeling, which that's why she has a very strong mama who, (laughs) who has taught her to be confident. I love that. 
Leah, you are probably one of my favorite singers ever. Your voice is fire. And when I met you, you were doing music full time and you were also a stay at home mom as well. Correct. Mm -hmm. And then you have evolved into kind of moving far away from like where you guys like built your family and now you're single parenting this beautiful child. How has that looked for you in the past few years? Honestly, I mean, you've known me for a really long time and, Mm -hmm. um, it just, it feels good knowing that I can show my daughter what it's like to just work hard and be true to yourself and, and get up every day and do your best and keep God in the middle and just keep going for your passions. I mean, you know, I did music full time, as you said, and, yeah. and then I got offered the, a couple of tours, as you know, and, yeah. um, that I turned Yeah. Out. When I say she did music, she wasn't like aspiring, like she actually did music. She was That's pretty awesome. successful. Oh you sang goodness. like national anthem at Bronco games and crazy yeah, places. Here. Yeah. I was here in Colorado, but I got offered to audition for the Celine Dion show and band. yeah, but I just, I couldn't leave Lolo and just take off and tour. And I didn't believe God brought her in my life to leave her. So I had to choose, you know, and I did. And my husband at the time traveled all the time. And so, um, I was home alone a lot and I raised her pretty much on my own and um, I wasn't happy and had to make a change in a lot of ways, as you know. So got divorced and after 20 years and built a small business and, and really getting back into music again and fell in love with an amazing woman. And oh my gosh. I love that when you first announced that you were in love with somebody else, you didn't really put any labels or anything on it other than you said you felt like you were soulmates from the start. And that was just so beautiful. And I just, I told you the other day on the phone, happy looks so good on you. Like your face just looks different in the sense where you're just happier. You're more relaxed. You can just see the joy and the happiness in you. And I thank Sandy for that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. You know, it just, it wasn't easy because you know, a lot of women stay married and feel stuck for financial purposes. They don't know what they'll do. They get divorced and have kids. And I just, honestly, I couldn't show my daughter that that was okay. I didn't want to give up and sell my soul just because I didn't, I couldn't go out and buy a Louis Vuitton anymore, you know, or something like, Yeah. you know, so we moved into a small townhouse for a year. And um, I just want to show Lola, like, you have to choose what makes you happy and never settle. And life is too short and you can't worry about what other people think. When I saw you in Colorado a couple of years ago, we were talking about clothes and all that kind of fun stuff. And you showed me your closet. And I said, oh my gosh, this is closet goals. You put your hand on my back and you said, Kayla, but it all doesn't matter. And like, I, I told myself it is, you know, is that an opening? Is she happy? Because you, you didn't really talk about not being happy for a while, but I just, that is just something that is so true to your core that you've always been so humble and just so grounded with who you are, no matter how much you've ever had. And it's just a beautiful part of who you are. And, and how is it is you clearly have the oldest child of all of us. I have an 11 year old as my oldest and I am flipping terrified about (laughs) what happens over the next couple of years. So how is it how is it parenting a teen? 
You know, honestly, Lola's a great kid and she's, she's a beautiful soul. I, I honestly can't complain. I mean, you, they do at the, from the age of 12 on change. You think, oh my gosh, where did my sweet little girl go that wants to cuddle with me and snuggle with me? And now they just are like, don't want to be touched and don't kiss me and don't this, you know, it's that part for me is hard, but ultimately she's a really good kid. Um, you know, there's the mood swings, but I get those too and the hormones and figuring out where to fit in and stuff. But really I just keeping the open communication and whether she wants me to hug her or not, I hug her anyway, you know, um, and <laughs> I love it. The hugs are not optional. <laughs> how do I, I don't know how not to not kiss her. So I'm trying to figure out other ways. So I, you know, so kiss her quieter. <laughs> How are you parenting her? You know, I, I hear a lot of, especially with teen girls, there's like a safe word, a safe phrase. There's like all these things that parents have now where you're like, if you're ever in need and you're somewhere scary and you need me, call and say this and I'll come get you, no questions asked. Like, how do you, how do you parent her in 2021, right? In a way that is safe and kind of like lovingly open. I'm very much wanting to learn. Well, she's already run into a few experiences uh, that she holds her own. Uh, I taught her very early what was right and wrong. Um, Kayla knows I come from a background of, you know, some childhood abuse and issues and stuff. So I made it very clear and I was very open with Lola from the beginning of what's okay and what's not okay. Um, So Lola's pretty solid with that. Um, I mean, they have a cell phone now and just open communication. We don't, we didn't really have a safe word because I, I was very overprotective. I wasn't really, I didn't really allow sleepovers much unless I really knew the people, but even so, you know, you can really know someone and things can happen. So I think just open communication really. It seems really important, especially these days, you know, yeah. just the, the open lines of communication. It's like, yeah something I'm already trying to instill in my kids, you know, like yeah. I just want them to know there's just, there's no judgment. You're never going to be in trouble if you come to me and need help. That's like number one. So yeah. I, you've raised your daughter to be just this beautiful, open person. How has that evolved into her relationship with Sandy now that you have a new soulmate and she sees you happy? Do like, what is their relationship alike? Yeah, it wasn't rushed. There was respect on every side. So it took about a year for Sandy and Lolo to come together and have the relationship they do now. We didn't put pressure on it. We didn't rush it. Sandy was very respectful. And we just kind of waited until Lola was ready. And so it took time. And then little by little, Lola was open to going to dinner or going with us places. And then she just saw how happy I was. Because um, with her dad we were never together. Like she didn't ever see us being affectionate with each other. It was like more of a, a roommate situation. And with Sandy, she sees, and Sandy's a big kid and they, they get along great. Oh my gosh. I'm dying to meet her. (laughs) You're pretty fun. I don't know. You are a fun person. (laughs) Super fun. She, we balance each other out. I mean, she teaches me how to play and loosen up a little bit more because I can be a little uptight and serious and so I'm learning. I mean, cause it's scary after 20 years, I'm having to pay bills and taxes and how do you do that? And, you know, my ex did all of that. 
you know? And so I'm relearning life again with Lolo and, and Sandy's been amazing. Uh, Okay. So we're going to go into a couple adoption facts that I've just looked up um, for people that have tuned into this episode that are interested in adoption or maybe having infertility issues and just kind of at the starting point of it, the average adoption currently in the U.S. ranges anywhere from 30 to 60,000. These numbers, I know it's crazy. That is horrifying. Yeah. Um, For IVF, it's anywhere from nine to 20,000. And that is for one single round of it. And then if you are going to have a baby on your own, you go do your thing, you're pregnant. (laughs) Um, Hospital bills range between three and 7,000. For those that are looking to expand their family and just kind of wanting to know the numbers of what each of those processes look like. Um, Those are some statistics that I have found save yourself a little research. Let me ask you guys a question. Is the process so expensive if you go through an agency? Like, like Leah, in your, I'm not asking for like transparency, obviously on on your adoption costs, but was it an expensive process? Yeah, it was very expensive. And that's why I can see why a lot of people take other routes, um, which are the long processes, which are, you know, for me, it it was like $60,000. Wow. And was, is that like the medical care? Is that the lawyer fees? Is that like, what, what, how does that break down? All of it. Yeah. Agency fee. We pay all medical, um, lawyer, and then you pay a lot of other outside, uh, classes. Cause you have to get, you know, I mean, you have people in your house all the time getting certified and from home studies adults. alone, I know are ranging like five grand, between, right? Well, yeah. the on average, they're between, they start at 800 and it kind of depends on what state you're in as well. Right. I know in Tennessee, they start between 800 and 1200 and they're upwards of 5,000. Wow. Um, so that's some of the cost, but also just from research I've done is you have to have an adoption attorney when you're in the process. I don't know if it's like this for short term, but their retainers are minimum 5,000 they're billing you and that's what four conversations worth of paperwork. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's just so personal and it just depends on the situation. I mean, honestly, it's all customized to each individual. We had the agency fee waived because we didn't pursue them. They found me kind of thing. So I didn't have to go through like a process of being matched So if it had been the birth mother reaching out to you directly as like a private adoption, is that, is that a different scenario? Totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, there's not the massive agency fee. There's probably not a lawyer, uh, like a big lawyer. You just make an agreement between the birth mom and yourself and pay all medical. What would you say to parents who are scared and wanting to start the process it's scary it's I mean I'm not gonna lie I mean it's scary but it's so worth it I mean to not experience being a mom like I just I would have been so sad not having this Uh, I would have regretted it so I mean it's definitely worth the long haul you know, it just, it just is. Leah, I think it's great that you said full transparency when you first got on that you never really wanted to be a mom. 
And then it's not like, oh, whoops, I got pregnant. Now I'm a mom. So yeah, I love it. So you went from not wanting to be a mom to adopting and loving a child you didn't carry. And then being the most like beautiful mom, that is just such a testament of how strong a mother's love is, no matter how that baby gets in your arms. And I just, I love that. If that can inspire anybody or give hope to anybody, (laughs) I just, I love that so much. And I just want to tell people, like, I wish women didn't feel bad for not wanting to be a mom. I feel like there's a lot of guilt and pressure on women to, like, have babies. And I'm kind of going opposite here. But, you know, I just, there's nothing wrong with not wanting a kid, you know? Nothing wrong. You could be a really good aunt. I was a really good aunt, you know, a really good cousin. And you have to really do what's best for you because if you don't, it's going to trickle over into your parenting and you're going to have resentment and it's going to affect your child. And so you really need to, to be sure that that's what you want. And I was only sure because I was told no, that I couldn't. And it was so final that it was like, I, I grieved it. Like, you know, and then when it came about to have it, I thought, Oh my gosh, I better take this opportunity. It's just, it's so personal on every level. Jen, I'm going to ask you, if you were told no, first instinct, that you can't have any more kids, Jen. Well, <laughs> are you going to, are you, are you going to want another one? That's a straight up trick question, right? Because, it is because you say I mean, you're done, but if I tell well, you, you can't. <laughs> I have told you, I mean, you guys know I have helped more foster kids at, at birthdays and Christmas than I can even count in terms of showering them with, with gifts and, and things that they need and want. And I definitely have always had that calling in my heart. (laughs) I'm not sure I have room in my arms anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I have room in my heart. You don't. Evie's still nurses. Yes, that's very true. (laughs) If the situation (laughs) fell in my lap, you know, if someone approached us and said, we know that your family is the right family to raise this child, maybe, maybe. But I don't have the desire to have a fifth child. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally get it. <laughs> and that's so interesting, like with Sandy, like she didn't, she didn't want to have children, you know, but she's the biggest kid and she developed her thing, Ocean Rangers for children. She, she constantly has kids reaching out to her on her as a leader. And so she is a mother to many, many, many people in all different ways. So once again, giving birth doesn't make you a mother, you know, what's the term mother, mothering, if we look it up, you know, so I think there's all different forms of parenting and mothering, and plenty of love to go around. And it's, I it's love that. Beautiful thing. And we keep saying Sandy, I'll give her a quick little intro. Because I I don't watch a ton of reality TV, but like all of a sudden my friend is dating a big reality TV star (laughs) and I feel like I need to watch her show now. (laughs) Yeah, I had to watch it too. Like, it's so weird because I, I mean, it was not planned at all. And I came across her show, getting ready to pick Lolo up. And I saw a scene between she and, I didn't know at the time, but Hannah. And I thought, wow, she's like beautiful. And, you know, kind of, they were arguing. So I was intrigued. And I just wrote and said, hey, you know, you're so beautiful. Congratulations. Many blessings. Nothing more than that. And then months later, she reached back out because she heard me sing the national anthem on a friend's page. And she says, oh, I'm having this, uh, I believe, tour that I'm wanting to put together. And it's, you know, inspiration and then music. And I want you to sing. And then 
at that time it was fading for, you know, my ex-husband and I, and I just wasn't happy. And then when I met Sandy, everything that I was feeling and tormented in my marriage with my self-identity all made sense when I met her. And I came home and told my mom, I said, regardless of what happens with Sandy and I, I'm getting divorced. I'm going to be true to who I am. And that's it. And she was, she was like, I get it. I'm so, and that's what moms do. It is. <laughs> moms do. They just love no matter what, you know. I and love that. We lived in LA, and I just I couldn't move from here because Lola was in school, and she just said, "Well, then I'm going to move to Denver." I'm like, "You're going to move here?" Like, she's like, "Yeah." Oh my she gosh! Packed up and moved, and, and now we live together, and uh, it's been great. I literally just, I love seeing the transformation of your happiness. And I'm sure you've heard this, but it just makes sense now. Like it just like you, yeah. you finally just seem so happy. And it's like, that makes sense. That, yeah. yeah. Freeing, you know, like, yeah, it's just freeing to just be who you are and show that freedom to your child. And it's exhausting trying to be perfect all the time. And it's hard to have that responsibility. I just can be my myself now and not be conformed to what I think other people want me to be. I love your whole story. I love having you on. I love seeing you grow your own company and and just grown so much and evolved into this successful businesswoman, esthetician, gospel singer, single mom now. Like it is just such a beautiful story and you're inspiring to so many people. I've literally like looked up to you since I was 19. So I'm so glad you were able to come on. Love it. Yeah, well, thanks this is for having me. Yeah, incredible story. I I love getting to talk to you. It definitely opens my heart and opens my eyes. And I just I I'm still so flabbergasted, stuck on the statistics you said, Kayla, about like the Pricing. cost and it's just it's out of control. But thank yeah. you yeah, and- so much for doing this. I I yeah, honestly I cannot tell you how how nice it is to meet you Kayla has just sung your praises for so long oh no so nice to meet you too and thank you and thank you thank you so much for coming on I love you you. (laughs) oh coming up next week mama Corey is back for a quick introduction full of baby snuggles and newborn sounds from baby Teddy we are all prepped and ready to hear all about her birth story and how it was integrating a new baby girl into their family Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a moment and go follow us on our socials and our IG, our Twitter, our Facebook at Hi, My Name is Mom Official. And we love hearing from you. So if you have episodes you love or episodes you would love to hear, make sure to let us know. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Your name is Mom.